Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Drivers here at Bristol Motor Speedway battling for the victory. Kyle Busch leads brother Kirk by a single car lane. Kyle Busch is going to come down to the checkered flag. Hey, <laughs> hey, thank you guys. When you give him a lead late, you have given the junkyard dog a bone. It's going to be pretty tough to take it away. I overstepped the car's limits in turn one with like three to go. Yeah, otherwise, I was going to wreck him in three and four, come and take the checker. I was going to flat out wreck him. You can't tell people that you're going to wreck him before you do it because when rolls are reversed, that person's going to wreck you. <laughs> well, welcome to NASCAR America. Steve Latard here in Charlotte alongside Jeff Burton. No Dale Jarrett. Today we got Dale Jr. I mean, the, the, like you get credit for wrecking a guy even if you didn't do it. How does that work exactly? I don't think you want that credit. I, <laughs> I, don't, I, I think Kyle said it well. You don't want to tell somebody you were going to wreck them and then not wreck them because then they're thinking in their head, well, then I can wreck him because he gave me permission because he was going to wreck me. I don't know. That's pretty complicated. <laughs> Either way, 54th win for Kyle Busch, third this season. I was shocked. 10th on the all-time win list. I mean, he, he just keeps checking them off. Yeah, and this race here, you know, he had to work for it. He wasn't the dominant car. He spins out at the first at the start of the race and has to work all day long to sort of get in position to win. The Penske cars were the fastest cars of the, uh, of the entire race. And so uh, I, was, I was most impressed by this win, I think, because of how greedy it was and how, you know, it got the damage on the car and all that. So I don't know whether that helped or hurt, having that uh, tail panel shoved up in there and like that, but. Um, he had to work hard to get this one. This one wasn't handed to him. Yeah, no, it was a grind for everyone. Like every time I turned around, somebody was either speeding on pit road, had a pit road penalty, backwards on the racetrack. Wheels lose. Yeah, I mean, it was the chaos of Bristol that I think we were all expecting. You know, what impressed me the most, as you said, is Kyle not only recovered, but I'm, I'm impressed with what Adam Stevens is doing on top of the pit box because we're going to talk later in the show about the pit decision to stay out. And I think the quote there said it the best. If you give Kyle Busch track position... He normally seals the deal. And I think this one was special because you go back a week ago, remember, he made the mistake. The bobble at Texas that turned into hitting the wall at Texas. He felt like he gave one away going for the sweep all three races. But does it shock anyone that it was the Bush brothers? I mean, these two guys, it's a driver's racetrack, and I think they've proven time and time again they know how to run at Bristol. I think on Monday before the race, I had Kurt in my lineup in fantasy, but after qualifying and how disappointed he was and, and didn't seem like he was real pleased with his race car, I took him out of my lineup. But... You know, right along in there in the race, here he comes, piecing it together, just like he's been doing all season long. I mean, this guy makes every car he gets into better. Yeah. Every team he works for gets better. It's really amazing. I, I know that he is not accomplishing the same things that his brother is accomplishing right now, but he has to be extremely proud with with the the you know the the sort of reputation he's developing yeah, right. for being the driver that can really go to every team he goes to and make them better. There's not many drivers in the sport, in the history of the sport that do that. 
that and, make the team better automatically. And he has transformed his driving style. Like it started last year. He became steady, consistent, don't make mistakes. I mean, that's who are we talking about? We know and yeah, that's right, not right, his right. MO, but last year he did that and he's carried that over. And listen, you know, everybody has said that Kyle Larson is this spectacular driver. He's so much better than his equipment is. Well, I think Kurt's yeah. outrun him pretty much all year yeah. long. So, you know, I mean, in a weird kind of way, early in the year, Kurt's putting pressure on Kyle and that team. Like, they're going to have to step up Absolutely. with the pressure that Kurt's putting on. It's not going to make it easier. You, We all know it. We've okay. all been part of teams. Right. And when you're getting outrun, outperformed, it makes it way more difficult to take that step because it's pressure. You don't want to be getting outrun by your teammates. Well, and I think you talk about equipment. That's what I think – when I look at Bristol – it's one of the tracks where the driver makes the biggest difference, and I think that's what makes what these two brothers are doing such an impressive feat, right? They both have so many wins there. You mentioned Kyle's grit, but, you know, all year it's, well, he drives the best cars. Gibbs stuff so fast, and Penske's so fast. But here, I don't know if he had the best car. I've Arguably, I think the four is the best car or one of the Penske cars. Um, but in the end, Kyle found a way to do it. I think that's what you're looking for out of anything behind the wheel. You want a driver that can find a way to win. Well, as a crew chief, you know, oh, yeah. you make that call to put him up front, and he goes executes, and that's – you know, Adam Stevens, Adam Stevens put him in position with a car that wasn't the best car. He had gotten past. You know, those guys right. had gotten by him. And he went and said, okay, I got track position and just went and made it happen. And that's that's what you you want a driver as a crew chief that doesn't care. Like, I'm going to put tires on him. He's going to roll. We'll make it happen. Well, I that's think a Kyle, great Kyle Bush makes crew chief a little easier because yes. as soon as you put him in the lead, it's a track like that. They've watched all weekend long. There wasn't a lot of fall off on the tires. And late in the race, I mean, we've seen it over and over. At, Brist- at Bristol, guys win on older tires. I right. mean, way back to Elliott Sadler's first win, he had 50 laps more on his tires than the guys that were behind him. But it's so hard to pass there, uh, so hard to get by the leader, especially when that clean air that you, you know, you and, and it's Kyle Busch. I mean, right, right. You know, guys, you give that guy an opportunity at a win, uh, he's going to take it. Well, we keep talking about that final caution, the decision to pit. The Penske cars were controlling the race. The 22 didn't find a way to get back up through traffic. But for Brad Kay, it was way more chaotic than that. He came down pit road and then had a hard time finding his position on the lineup. Inside to the 41, 6 to the inside behind the 41, 14 to the outside. Back to two off, get the six in. Close it up. They're trying to say the six goes behind the 41, but that's not right. Let it go. Drivers don't know what's going on, and NASCAR don't know what's going on. There's too many rules. I can't really be too mad 
at them because we had at least two or three opportunities to get it right on our end, and uh, we didn't get it right on our end. I went to NASCAR hauler, and uh, they told me what was going on, and it, it actually made perfect sense uh, because I didn't have that information. Now that I have that information, I get it. I still think there's way too many dang rules. That's another story for another day. <laughs> so just for the record, I've been to the NASCAR trailer before, and my trips ended up kind of the same way once I got all the information. But let, let's talk about that because he mentions a few things in there. First, the lineups can be complicated. Wave arounds, lucky dogs. But in this situation, I didn't see any of that. Very simply, the 6 and the 14 didn't pit. Well, one thing that happens at Bristol because the cars on the racetrack run so slow that Brad pitted and then rejoin the racetrack in front of those guys. Well, he can't do that. He has to let those guys go. And Coleman Presley, I know it's difficult to be a spotter, but he seemed to be confused at one point. He said, that's not right. Well, well he was wrong. I think Brad said it best, right? This race team is going to have to figure out how they communicate that because welcome to Bristol, right? I mean, it's chaos all the time. Yeah, so listen, when you interview a driver directly after an event, something happens, you're going to get emotions, you're going to get mad, all those kind of things. The truth of the matter is the two-car got it wrong. We heard NASCAR for a lap and a half, telling them, you know, get in this position. They, the six and the 14 did not pit. Brad ended up blending in front of them coming off pit road. So he doesn't know. Yeah, right? He didn't and know Coleman, they were back And there, Coleman right? Presley didn't know. And, and so then you get mad as a driver. You're like, I know we're right, right? And then it gets explained to you. But, you know, listen, these, these things happen. I, didn't, I know Brad said that he was concerned that it might have messed up his teammate, Joey Logano. I didn't see that it messed up his teammate, Joey Logano. It may have messed up that inside line. But it, he didn't mess his teammate up. But th these are confusing things that happen, and and how he blended in front of those guys. I don't I don't know how that right. happens. But you know, it's now that it's explained, it, it all makes sense. Yeah. Well, Brad made a change uh, with his spotter in the in in the most recent months. Uh, had Joey Myers for years. Coleman's a great spotter. They'll figure out how they need to communicate better so this doesn't happen again. Listening to that, you know, Brad is not getting that audio from NASCAR. So he's not hearing that. Right, right. All right, he's only hearing what Coleman's saying. And judging by that, I don't think Brad was given proper instruction to be able to fix the situation. So he's just trying to sit there and wait for more information and didn't get that information to get in the right position. So I think, you know, Coleman can go back and look at what he can do a little differently, uh, try to communicate a little bit quicker and 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 get that information to Brad or to the, to the crew chief so they can make that change. And, it's Bristol. I mean, these these laps right. go by so fast. Right. Well, that's where somebody said, why doesn't NASCAR just run more laps? I'm like, well, how about all the guys that decided to put tires on because they thought there was going to be 16 yeah. to go? You, can, you yeah. can't ride around they for ran, five laps. They right? ran one extra lap. Right. They ran one extra lap, and they're like, we're not running two. Like, and I don't, They shouldn't have run two. Yeah. Like, That's not fair to the fans. No. It's not fair to the no. guys that pitted. It's not fair to anybody. And you, you they have to at some even point under, say, hey, we're going to go green here. Yeah, even under caution, though, that, that, that oh. happens so quickly. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, you know, we've done it before. Where, hey, Pitt, and he was like, I'm in the middle of the backstretch. We, yeah. We're past pit road entry. I'm on the radio talking about what we need to do to the car on the pit <laughs> stop, and I drive by the pit entry because I'm on the radio, and he can't tell me yeah. to pit. So, I mean, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough little track where things like that can happen. Well, but that's Bristol. That's why winning there is so impressive. That's why making the right strategy calls are so impressive. I mean, that is Thunder Valley. That is what it is all about. But coming up on the show today, we have all kinds of great stuff. We're going to show you why Ryan Newman went looking for Ryan Blaney after the race and what was said. Plus, guys, Kevin Harvick's team, he had a struggle from the word go. Inspection issues put him behind the eight ball before the race even got going. And today on Turning Point, we'll show you why some cup crew chiefs perhaps should have watched the end of the Xfinity race to see how valuable tires were.
and the yellow flag is back out. Kashi came out. And that's about the last thing you want to see when you're the leader of 15 to go at Bristol. I felt like it was the right call. It wasn't a hard call for me. You know the field's going to split. Obviously, if every, everybody would have came, I'd have looked like an idiot. We found ourselves too far back and, and could not recover in time. You know, we didn't have the best car. I was smiling year to year. I thought it was ours. Probably gave him about a fifth place car. I mean, you could taste it. I was having fun. We had a good weekend. My plan was to let him go and get to the high side quicker than him, reel him in. It just didn't time out right. And the 18 was best on the execution today. Yeah, just disappointing. You know, when uh, you get that close to feeling like you, you got a win on your hands at Bristol. I'm not sure if we had speed to run in the top five or not, but uh, big step in the right direction once again. We still have a ways to go, but uh, we're doing better. Lambert, do they call us meeting? Yep, section nine. Yeah, certainly uh, messes up there. Um, been looking to all the mistakes that we had today, penalties, free uh, road and stuff like that. We had to overcome a lot. We made a good charger at the end to get back to the top five, but we really weren't running uh, in the top five for most of the day. We know the rules. We can all work on the car when the car is out of the box. Daniel Suarez with problems. He hit it out of the box. I should have moved if he didn't have it, and he, he shouldn't touch the car if the car is out of the box, doesn't matter what. Long race. I mean, we took off good. Hold on. If you're going to listen to your spotter, take the mirror out. <laughs> now contact between Ryan Newman and Ryan Blaney. Look at the right side, too, please. He kind of forced me up into the fence. Sure, Newman's fence. That's right. <laughs> uh, what was Ryan Newman just saying to you just there? Uh, I messed up. I, I fenced him off the two. I wasn't clear, but I was <laughs> trying to make it clear. We're fine. He got me back on the restart. He fenced me, so hard racing and you know me and Ryan have always been good. Bumper, he's still there. He's still down there. He's in the wall. Cut tire there. Good check our left rear as well. Crosses out. Crosses out. <laughs> Typical Bristol battle. We just barely touched there. Tight racing. And he was chopping me pretty bad off the floor not leaving me much room. It's hard to pass. You gotta take the opportunity to pass when you can. I kind of got loose and wiggled a little bit. Just barely touched. We just cut the tire down. No harm, no foul, I guess, for, for, for me. I'm glad my left rear didn't go down. It's a battle. There's a lot of uh, contact. NASCAR racing, baby. Well, winners and losers of the weekend. I'm not sure if Clint Boyer's on the winning or the losing end of that. I mean, can you be on both? He will. I mean, I think a lot were on both ends of it throughout the day. I mean, that was early, early in the race that Logano and Boyer had their contact. But when I go back and look, you know, Boyer was running, what, 15th when that final caution came out, ended up inside the top 10. So I think it ended up being good for him, the last yellow, but this was a heck of a day to start the race. Well, that was lap 432. That happened late in the race, and Clint had the clearly the best car on the bottom of the racetrack. He was yeah. so fast digging on the bottom. He needed a long run, though. He wasn't as good as he needed to be on short runs. Every time he was in the front, he would give the lead up. He just could not fire off the way he needed to fire off. But a really good day for Clint. And he, Clint, that's his deal. Like, he's going to run the bottom. He's going to paint the white line and make that work. And he does it better than almost anybody uh, right now, since it, especially since they put the, the the sticky compound down. He's really I was wondering what you were going to call it. I heard it's about 15 different yeah, names. Yeah. Traction compound. The sticky stuff. Yeah. I think traction compound. That's the new one. I like that. All right. I definitely uh, – I need. I got a lot of catching up to do in our fantasy uh, tournament, and I picked Newman, Matt DiBenedetto, Suarez, and, out, and uh, Austin Dillon, and Brad Kay. Brad Kay was my guarantee. Um, but I had some dark horses in there, and Newman, man, he's really he's really turned that six program around. He had an amazing day all day long, even without all that contact and the problems he had uh, with the nine and the twelve. He still battled 
and in the top 10, in the top five, many points of the race. And it's, uh, I don't know, I mean, he's inspired or, or something. I don't, he's really, because that team was not very good last year. Even when Matt Kenseth went there to try to help and improve things, it didn't really seem to improve the performance of that car. But man, is Ryan Newman really taking that thing to the next level and be interesting to see what they can do going forward. Yeah, and it's, I think it was interesting to see the two I mean, Ryan comes over and has a conversation with him after the race and has every right to, but they were fine with it, right? It was yeah. either it was far enough before the finish that they still weren't mad. They had a chance. What did he say, Blaine? He goes, Well, he got me back. He got me on the, he got me back. Ryan's going to get you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and he, and he should, right? Yeah. It's okay, but, but everybody was okay because nothing terrible happened. Right. I yeah, mean, I, right, right. I thought that was the end of the race for the six car. Right. And the nine. I mean, Chase Elliott had a flat tire there, but luckily, right at that same time, the 14 gets the flat tire. Yellow comes out, kind of gives everybody a chance to regroup, repair some damage, but that could have been bad for everybody. So you talked about Boyer having that issue late in the race, right, running in with a 22. But one thing about Clint Boyer, even though he has a great car, it seems like the one thing that has been a little bit of a struggle for him at Bristol has been the restarts, right? Yeah. I mean, there's been a couple times, I think back to last fall, he was lined up next to his teammate, uh, Kurt Busch, and it didn't go his way that night. This is back in 2018. Uh, and listen, restarts are hard, right, to time it right, but... He gets beat by his teammate. And then yesterday, though, you mentioned that you thought that the 14 had some issues yesterday on the restarts as well. Yeah, well, he had, he had track position, and, and little things matter, right? If you don't do everything right, it kind of sets you up to be in, in you know, get yourself in trouble. So uh, you can see right here, this was last year. And right. you could just see how bad he was struggling launching on the bottom. And that just makes your job so much harder to go back and make those spots up. If we go back and watch the replay prior to that incident, he had good track position, but he just didn't get launched well. He's having trouble launching on the bottom, and two or three cars get by him, and now he's got to get back in front of him. In my eyes, he probably should have been in front of Logano, not having to race him. You know, and that ultimately at Bristol, when you're racing side by side, stuff can happen. So, you know, when you're watching a race, right, and you see a guy not get a great restart, you think, well, it's no big deal, but it is. Oh, because yeah. Because you go to yeah. a racetrack where it's hard to pass. <laughs> You know, it's very difficult to get that track position back, especially when you're racing really good cars and just not being able to launch as well as he needs to. And it went into last year as well. I don't know how you fix that. I don't know if it's a driver thing, if it's a setup thing. I don't know. But but they've got to find a way to fix that because you cannot give up track position late in these races. Well, you talk about winners. Another winner that came to mind, you mentioned fantasy. I'm confident that no one had this guy in winning the first stage. But how about Ty Dillon, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one thing we talk about stages, points. And we talk a lot about different things. But it's also it's a small victory, right? For a team like Ty Dillon, he's never won a stage before. To get a little track position and then battle, right? He didn't just drive off the front of the field. He had to race for it. And it's almost a photo finish. I mean, I know that it's just a stage. So we're not going to hang our hat on it, but it, it has to be something, right? At Saturday at Short Tracks, maybe it's a heat win, right? Yeah. Anything to kind of learn what it's like to win. I was happy to see Ty win that stage. Yeah, that team also has improved performance this year. I think, uh, you know, they had a terrible season last year. Nothing really very exciting going on with that team. Actually kind of taking a step back in performance over the last two or three years. This year, a completely different story. A day like that, I mean, not only did it give him the stage win, but it sort of it kept him in the lead lap as they go into stage two, and he's in the top 15 yeah. from that at that moment. And if you can be in the top 15, 100, 150 laps into a Bristol race while there's only about 20 cars, 25 cars on the lead lap, you're in great position to get a top 10 and work your way into a great finish. So um, I, I, I started paying attention to him from that moment on and really been surprised with that team's performance this year. Confidence matters. Yeah. And when you go and you go beat the race leader – 
for the stage win and you beat Clint Boyer, who's been really fast, and you do that, that's great for you personally and for the guys on the pit box and the guys on pit road. Hey, my man's out there digging. He went and made something happen. I think that's really important for a team that has not had a lot of success in trying to build off some, some better performances. Your guys got to have confidence in you. You got to have confidence in yourself. And a stage win for the team like that and the situation they're in, I think that stage win is huge for more reasons than just the points. Well, you talk confidence. So we know Kyle Busch won the race, and we're going to get into that in the next segment about how he ended up doing it with the yellow. But Joey Logano had a move that perhaps was the move to win the race. I mean, he ran the leader down. This was an impressive race, and you said perhaps one of the best passes you had seen at Bristol, just the way he set him up and worked through it. Well, I thought it was awesome. Watch right here. You see Brad was trying to hold the bottom, and he didn't, and Joey didn't wait. Joey didn't say, well, he's my teammate. I can't drive it in there. Watch this. Two gets off the bottom. Joey throttles up. He drives it into a very narrow hole. You get your left sides on the, the apron, you're going to wreck. You're going to wreck both of you. Well, he didn't hesitate. And this, to me, that's a sign that, yep, he's my teammate, but you know what? There's a hole there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throttle up, and I'm going in it. And, and that's what we want to see. Like, you know, we got in this conversation a couple years ago with Penske and Martinsville and how they were, you know, maybe not working together. You know what? I understand. you got to work together Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Come Sunday, you got to be selfish. you got to go. And if you can get a win, you can go get the, You just got to go do it. And that was a really good, aggressive move by Joey. Yeah, Joey knows that there's going to be contact there. That can flatten the, the tires of the two car and his car yep. and, and cost them both a really good day. But you want to see, as a fan and a broadcaster or anybody in the sport, you want to see a driver make take that risk. And uh, certainly uh, it almost paid off for Joey. Well, and it's got to be easier to take the risk knowing that both cars have won. Right? Both cars have won. They're in the playoffs. I'm sure he wasn't thinking about that. But in the end, if it goes bad, at least that softens it a little bit. Well, and it's not a move you make on lap 100. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. you know, that's... I mean, that last yellow doesn't come out. That's the that's the pass for the win. Correct. So, you know, if you're Roger Penske, like, if you, you see that on lap 100, you're like, wait a minute. You know, what are we doing here? Right, right. But, you know, with, with 30 to go, I mean, you have to make that move. You can't second guess yourself. You just got to roll, roll that throttle and make it happen. Well, the yellow did come out. And coming up, we're going to talk about how the Sunday's turning point and how Adam Stevens' decision gave his driver more fuel against his haters. While I was coming to the checkered flag, I was like, cry me a river, and I didn't say the word haters because I wanted to make it to where I didn't have to say the word, but apparently I had to say the word because nobody understood what the hell it meant. first after lap three uh, tell us about how you came back from that I guess I might as well just start in the back not worry about <laughs> wherever we qualify whether it's up front or in the back so um, you know we had the same thing happen to us here last fall we knocked the tail panel off everything else and we were really fast and uh, today kind of the same thing I guess you know I, I thought we were I thought we were gonna be faster than what we were it just never the speed just never showed up so obviously there at the end we got up towards the front we got the lead and we were leading and then I was just too loose to kind of hold on to it and those guys got by us and then, um, you know, we ran some laps there, started to run them back down a little bit in the longer run, just inch by inch, but then that caution came out and, you know, set us up for that final pit stop, and we stayed out. What did you think of Adam's call? I mean, obviously that was pretty much the key of the win, right? It was. Um, you know, I, I felt like 
uh, we, we've seen this game kind of play out here a few times either way. You know, I've seen guys stay out and lose. I've seen guys stay out and win. So um, I just felt like a better opportunity for us was to just be out front, stay up there, knowing that the tires had worn off a little bit, knowing that our car was a better long run car that we could uh, hopefully drive away from those behind us. You had your brother running you down there toward the end, and he told us that he would have wrecked you if he'd have gotten to you. Uh, what was that battle like with Kurt? You can't tell people that because then they're going to do the same thing back to you, whether or not you did it or not, you know. So um, he's an idiot. But, um, no, nah, I just, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. I certainly would have wished he wouldn't have, he won't, he won't wreck me. But, um, you know, they're, they're racing for a win. We've already gotten a couple wins. So anything can happen with, with guys that are in desperation like that. But uh, it's a little early in the season to be, to go that way. So far this uh, season, Kyle, it's been Gibbs and Penske, and you had quite the battle with Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski for the lead there. Yeah, we certainly did. You know, the Penske cars are fast. They were fast again here this weekend, and uh, I don't know what it is, man. They're just quick. They have that short run speed. They got that burst, and uh, they're able to put it out there and, and put it in the wind for a long time. And, you know, their, their stuff doesn't fall off right away. It's not a short, short run car. It's, it's a mid-run car that then, you know, we kind of start to flip-flop. But by the time you get there and with this package and things like that, it makes it for a little bit tougher to pass. How did you think that the track raced today? I know you had some concerns about aero dynamics and the role they play coming into it. It seemed like a lot of guys had problems. Was it as tough as you expected? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was tough. It was challenging. Certainly aero came into play a few times there. I had times where I was following behind guys and I got loose. I got in the wall uh, trying to chase a couple guys down. And, and even when I was trying to stay in front of the 14 car, I got in the wall, you know. So um, just tough day with, uh, with pushing hard and getting to that limit and over pushing that limit and the tires kind of slipping on the racetrack. It was a little slicker out there than I expected it to be, but lap times were probably also faster than it typically is here as well. So that could go either way, but the bottom wore out about the last uh, 150 laps. The bottom wasn't there much anymore. So you could still kind of maintain time down there, but you couldn't make up any time down there. You feel like right now you guys are the, the championship favorite. I mean, it's early, but a lot can happen, I guess. No, I don't, I don't think we're the championship favorite. I think uh, any of the two Penske guys right now are are the championship favorites. They certainly just have the speed, and they showed us what uh, what short run speed looked like last year at Homestead. So that's kind of what I see right now. We got some work to do. All right. Well, he might not have had the necessary winning speed today, but he got the win. Kyle Busch in victory lane, third time this year. Well, we appreciate Nate Ryan heading up to Bristol and getting that interview with Kyle Busch. And guys, the standings, I mean, you see it. Three wins for Kyle Busch. His teammate Denny Hamlin with two, as well as Brad Kozlowski and those playoff points are starting to stack up already. While there are no guarantees, we saw last year how valuable they can be in the playoffs if you have issues in any of the rounds. Big advantage right now. This early in the year, he has 19. The next guy has 12. I mean, it's, it'll keep, pack, keep stacking those up, and it does indeed matter. Yeah, I feel like it was an honest interview from Kyle in Victory Lane talking about the Penske cars. I, you know, he, he knows that when they go to Homestead, that short run speed is going to be important. He knows that's something that you have to work on all year long. And he did. He also knows he was not the dominant car at Bristol. And the Penske cars were the better race cars. So um, I feel like I have to agree with him on that. I think the Penske cars are the favorites right now. They were the favorites and they were fast. But that brings us to the turning point. The turning point of the race was the yellow. With about 30 laps to go, the caution came on the racetrack. And the decision to pit or not to pit, that ended up deciding who was the winner. The yellow came out because the 42 of Kyle Larson got up into the wall. And that brought the caution out. And Jeff, I love this because it's, a, it's an easy decision, should you come or shouldn't you, until you hear what everybody else does, right? The <laughs> toughest position in my mind is the leader. They have the least amount of information, and at this time, it was the two Penske cars running one-two. Yeah, leader with the fastest car. Like, you're going to have to do something different to beat them. You can see right here, uh, lead lap cars at Bristol prior to the final stops. is 16 cars in the lead lap, and that makes that decision even that much more difficult. Yeah, and they had about 30 laps on their tires. Some had a little bit more, maybe 40 laps on their tires. So the toughest position is the leader. 
But what I want the fan to understand is every position behind that, you get more and more information. So no matter what Joey Logano does, that's going to influence Brad Kozlowski. That's going to influence Kyle Busch. I believe, I know Adam Stevens made it sound like, well, the decision was easy. I was going to stay out. I wonder if the Penske cars stay out if he doesn't pit. You almost flip it, right? You do the opposite of whatever else is going to do. If I'm, I'm just wanting to be on the outside on a restart, if I can be a leader, great. If I have to be second on the inside or even third, I don't want to restart there because I can't win the race from there. I'm staying out to win the race. I can't win the race from the inside or third place. I'd need to be fourth, if not leading the race. And I think that if you're sitting behind the two Penske cars, that's what you're thinking about. Right. So, I mean, if I'm the, the crew chief of the 22, though, I got to look at Kyle Busch and go, I can't give this guy So that's the, the problem I have, right? So I believe the crew chief of the 22 made a mistake, not only because you can't give Kyle Busch the chance, but let's go back to Saturday. You and I are up there. We watched the Xfinity race, and I was shocked to see this work when the 19 of Brandon Jones, right here, the leaders come under the last pit stop. At this point, the 20, the 7, unfortunately for you, was a good car. He had a mechanical issue. That gave the 20 probably the best car on the racetrack. Well, the 19 stays out. Well, I'm sitting here watching saying the 19's going to get smoked on this restart. Man, was I wrong. He held it up, the lead for 8 or 10 laps, no problem on old tires. Yeah, he drove away from those guys the first 4 or 5 laps. And, and that right there, to me, said, okay, late in the race tomorrow, you're going to see guys be able to stay out. Yeah, so if I am Todd Gordon, the crew chief of the 22, I don't come to pit road. I know it's easy on Monday, but I would rather lose. We already heard they had short run speed. I would give it to the Penske cars to try to go ahead and sprint. The two takes two tires. He had all his issues, which we already covered, about where to line up. The 22 took four tires, and in the end, didn't really make much headway at all. Yeah, I think the tires themselves, okay, if, if, you know, Kyle Busch is sitting there with scuff and has the comfort of those tires being able to fire off. You'll see on the restart, a little bit of a mess back there where the 22 is with Keselowski lining up in the wrong position, but the 22 is on stickers, and those may not fire off quite as well in traffic. And so for it's going to take eight or ten laps for those things to start to really get the grip that they need for him to be able to go up there and drive up there and take the lead. And you see him, he's nowhere in the position here, nowhere in the shot as we're winding down these final laps. Yeah, what I think Todd Gordon was thinking is that he was going to restart in maybe the first two rows, at worst the third row, because we've seen it. I get so frustrated with teams, <laughs> right? How many times I'm right in the booth and I'm hitting you like, why does no one stay out? What is the deal? And finally, though, Bravo. Bravo to Kurt Busch's team for staying out. Clint Boyle, Paul Menard was up there. Bravo yeah. to these crew chiefs to say, you know what? This has been a battle for 480 laps. I'm just going to give my driver a little bit of a head start, start to the front. So there was a lot of great decisions to stay on the racetrack. Unfortunately for those great decisions, that's what hurts, right? I mean, Joey Logano's choice, it's easy to say now, was the wrong one. If everyone pits but the 18, we're sitting here to say, saying, oh, Joey Logano, that was a yeah. genius move. Come to pair. Same decision, right? It's it's so d just dependent on what other guys are doing. That's what used to make my job so difficult is, what do we need? But then what does everybody else need? And what I used to do, though, is you are an offensive driver. You would never love to be on defense. We were never very successful on defense. I go back to the last race we won at Martinsville. We come and got tires. I was scared to death that it was the wrong call, but I thought to myself, if we're going to do it, we're going to tear the front bumper off, not the rear bumper. We're going to be going forward. And, you, I mean, you, we moved the Tony Stewart and went, and tires mattered that day. So I see where the 22 was thinking, but just Bristol's a lot different than Martinsville. Well, Todd, Todd Gordon kind of said the same thing. He said after the race, uh, actually today, he said that he thinks Joey's a very aggressive driver. He can put new tires on him and he can go. He didn't think he was going to start as far back. And one thing he mentioned is that he watched Denny Hamlin earlier in the race, right. you know, when he didn't put on tires and kind of went to the back. It didn't work. So he had watched that. 
rather than you and I were, and, and we were talking about but I watched what happened Ty on Dillon. Saturday. Right? I watched Ty Dillon in that yeah. same race, yeah. right? So, so it, listen, you don't know what the guy no, behind you no. are going to do. I do know this. You had, you had the 6 and the 14 that had pitted the caution before. So they weren't going to pit. Right. Right. They weren't going to pit. So you knew you're the best case scenario. You were going to start probably in the third row. Can you win from the third row? You know, with new tires, it's, it's, it gets hard to do with only a few laps left at Bristol. Well, one thing we know is the worst place to be is unfortunately the leader. Yes. Because that is the hardest decision there is. But the last thing you want to do is race against two Bush brothers at Bristol. Not only are they good at the racetrack, but they, I had to laugh. I mean, this right here, this is pretty consistent right here. <laughs> I, I, I'm picking on them. Listen, I think it's any winner at Bristol, but it's been these two here recently. They got that good Bristol hair. And I'm going to tell you, it wasn't just a battle for the competitors. It was a battle in fantasy. We're going to show you who performed well. And unfortunately, my name is not oh, going to be on this list because I only had about 130 points. I have to give it to Dan Beaver. That's a huge total, 227. Everybody did good except for Rick. He just got lucky because he's going to brag if I said if he, he did good there. And Kyle Petty reminded me that, um, that he, his, his way of picking is a little more uh, creative than ours. And how about DJ, the Hall of Famer? He takes the lead. Yeah, Kelly was in lead. DJ takes the lead. I'm catching Rick. That's I'm, really all that I'm going. I'm going <laughs> with they're using all their good guys up. And that's what I'm hoping. They're going to mm. be, they're gonna be in trouble in the second half of the year. That's yeah. that's what I'm going with. I like that strategy. I like that strategy. Get back with me in a few months. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. There's a turning point in how we think Kyle Busch meets victory lane. We got a lot more NASCAR America after the break. Do you know like a rough number of how many drivers you've had a physical altercation with? Oh, God, no. I don't have enough fingers. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> we had Jeff Gordon on the show. He said that he felt like that his early success that you had a problem with it. I had a big damn problem with yeah. it. Oh, really? Yeah, man, I was jealous. Really? Yeah, because uh, it was me and Dale. This whole sport just revolves around those fans just like this show. NASCAR does nothing to him. He's the dirtiest one out there. Joe Gibbs dumped Joey Logano first. And I think that the, the scale of it needs to be taken into account. Yeah. And I just want to go on record saying I don't like him. There we go. Which question? <laughs> Sounds like you fell face first into a stat book. Just give us a question. Hello, you are in the Motorsports Hour when we talk all things racing. I remember thinking that month, man, I'm, I might finish my career with that winning the 500. These cars are the most technologically advanced right now. The youngest ever winner in IndyCar history, Colton Herta, joins us. I have my couch locked down. I'm going to watch racing all tough. weekend. That's a tough yeah. weekend. Busy week every week here on NASCAR America. We got uh, all the great shows. Tomorrow night, though, Dale Jr. Download with RC. Richard, Richard Childress joins yeah. you. Richard Childress is guest tomorrow night. Uh, the podcast is out tonight late, but the show is at 5 tomorrow Eastern right here on NBCSN, and Richard was a great interview. He had been on Kelly's podcast twice, and Kelly said, man, he's a great storyteller, so be ready, and he was. I would just mention a few little things, and he'd go, oh, I got, I got a great story, and he'd take off. Uh, he, he solved a long, uh, a, a long legend or a uh, rumor uh, that I'd known or heard about him and uh, Dad and Willie Nelson when they first met. <laughs> Back in 85, 84, <laughs> Willie Nelson was part of a campaign with Wrangler, and uh, so they put them together uh, to do a little work, and the rumor is true. So uh, I'm excited for people to hear about that did story. You, did you give RC your RC impression? Because it's pretty good. I have an RC impression. 
And I did not do it. I wanted to do it for RC, but uh, I forgot. Man, his stories were so good. I was like, man, we got to, because we only got like a, you know, we don't want to make a three-hour podcast. We could have. We could have. Could have been. Maybe maybe if it's so good, we'll have to have to bring. But we got to have Richard back, so we get more stories when he comes back. Richard is one of our sports uh, coolest guys. I mean, he's just a cool guy, man. He is so much fun to talk to and seen so much. The great thing about the podcast is I always learn something that I didn't know. I mean, we get people coming on there to talk about it and and talk about what you know their careers. And I know most of the, these people pretty well, but we always learn so many things that we didn't even know. You know what's interesting about your podcast is that people open up. Yeah, I, like they say, like there's they, no cameras or mics; like, they just go. Maybe you should be a psychologist. Maybe I you think should you can put a couch. You'd be yeah. Yeah, we used to have a couch. Uh, we uh, <laughs> we uh, we. I think that when people come in there, it's not live and it's in a you know it's in a pretty comfortable environment. I like that we got that reputation because I want people to be honest and give us a story that we haven't heard before. So far, we're doing that. All right. Well, it's a busy week on NASCAR America. Thursday is the Motorsports Hour, the show that covers everything in the world of racing. And this guy right here, he was the guy down in Alabama, Takuma Sato, just, I mean, whipped him in the IndyCar race. It was a dominant win for extended highlights and interviews with Sato and his team owner, Dave Leverman, with that great beard. Check out NBC Motorsports' YouTube channel. They have it all. And then this week, the Long Beach Grand Prix, Indy 500 in May, IndyCar race on NBCSN, always a blast. Guys, Kevin Harvick, he had trouble before the race even started in Bristol. He failed inspection three times. You see right there, Rodney Childers with, uh, I guess, the president or director of competition, Greg Zipidelli, looking at the inspection sheet. Because of that, he had to do a pass-through. Really got lucky. That yellow saved him. He was going to lose multiple laps. You and I were having a text conversation before the race even started, and Burton was like, man, a pass-through at Bristol. I mean, I understand a pass-through at Pocono, but Bristol, that's going to be multiple laps. I'm all for it. Like, it's a pass-through. Pass-through everywhere it is, so I'm okay with the penalty. But, I mean, did a nice job recovering, then he had a loose wheel. It was a, it was a crazy day. Yeah, I wondered if I wonder if there shouldn't be a, you know, if you fail inspection three times, there shouldn't be some sort of standard, okay, you're lapped down. Because the penalty at Pocono is going to be different than the penalty at Bristol. Like, and I, I, I don't know. It's, it's two ways of looking at it, but just... I thought that might be a bad idea or a good idea. You seem to argue with me, so no, listen, opinions. You, you can't like tell your kids they're in trouble. And we'll have the rules. to add more pages to the rule book if we have uh, all that going on. Don't tell Brad. Nor, oh, yeah, don't tell Brad. We don't need more. <laughs> yeah, we don't need more rules. I, I thought that if worst case scenario, he's going to go down two laps. You can make that up, especially yeah. a driver like Kevin Harvick with a team. Like he has, they can do that. They didn't make those laps up. They had even more troubles. Well, that's the thing, right? The penalty didn't. It was the loose wheel after the penalty that really did them in, right? Well, the extra limits, time. It limits the number of mistakes you can make, yeah. right? If you have yeah, that yeah, penalty, yeah. it limits the number of mistakes you can which is the idea of the penalty. Now, it's a deterrent. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The four car was upset because they said every time they went through, something different failed. And, you know, so they were upset. But, you know, the idea of a tough penalty is for it to be difficult. You know what I mean? That's, that's well, as you said, it's a deterrent, so people don't do it. And the struggle I have is, you know, so, so I no longer crew chief a car in the garage, so I don't have firsthand information on how the inspection process works. But from everyone I talked to, and I was in Bristol talking to a lot of the crew chiefs, they seem to be pretty happy with the process this year. They said they've made some adjustments to the way the light scans the body. They made some adjustments on how it measures the wheels. So 
you know, it wasn't a rash of cars. It was just one car, which gives me more confidence that a penalty need to be Yeah, so strict. the last three years, that's all we've talked about is, is inspection process and cars not getting out on the racetrack, cars not qualifying. We're not, ha- we're not having that conversation this year. So I think the process is definitely getting refined. Crew chiefs are starting to understand it. I think this is just a, a you know, a bump in the road for the full yeah. team. I don't think this is going to be an issue going forward. But Well, it was a big deal, though, because Kevin Harvick last week said, I haven't had a winning car all year. And then I was there for happy hour. He had a winning car yeah. in Bristol in happy hour. How was it going to be in the race? I think he was probably the fastest car in the race. But, uh, you know, in the end, you have to you have to give yourself a chance. But another guy that continues to hurt himself, this maybe was a team thing on the four of Kevin Harvick. I, I can't blame the team for the next one. Denny Hamlin, again, gets uh, a ticket too fast in a school zone. I mean, he's continuing to get speeding penalties. I know one year he said it was something, but this is now a new year. Same story. Yeah, I mean, you got you know, just getting going down pit road, going too fast. I, I guess Denny Hamlin is just going to be a guy that's going to be aggressive on pit road and yeah. is going to put himself in that position time and time again. You know, what's difficult about this one, though, is they played strategy, right? So you're coming in, they played strategy to get to, – they took two tires, and you get penalized. So if you know you're going to do two tires, you can't get penalized speeding leaving, which mm. I don't think that's penalized speeding coming in. But still, it's this is a problem that's been ongoing – and you know you go. You listen. You have to push it. Like you, if the if the rule is forty five, you can't go forty two. You got to go forty four point nine, and that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get right up against it. But you know there comes a point where you just you know you uh, enough's enough, and, yeah. and we've, he's probably reached that point. Well, and it's a team. Then we saw a couple on that graph, a couple uncontrolled tires as well. So it's not just been speeding, but it oh, was loose wheels. Loose oh wheels, yeah, well, and, and a lot of loose wheels. Another guy we didn't talk about a lot before the show, but another guy that I think it was unfortunate because he didn't get a chance to show what he had was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. That's a track much like the Speedways, where his name continues to come yeah. up. He's had some solid runs there. Uh, maybe practice didn't go so well, but you know a lot changes with the traction, the sticky stuff, and all that. And he never even really had a chance to get out of the box and get going to see what he had. Yeah, he feels like that uh, of the chances that he has to win during the season, Bristol is definitely one of those tracks. Right. And uh, I had him in my fantasy lineup earlier Me in the too. week. I did, uh, but I thought, you know, I just thought, man, I got to pick one or the other Roush car that's going to run well today. And I felt better about Newman. I thought with the track position. Uh, that Newman had versus Ricky, the start of that race was going to be difficult, and it was. I mean, it doesn't take much for uh, you know a little checkup like that, and they don't build the front of these cars like they used to. Yeah. I mean, when you run in the back of somebody, it knocks the whole front end off of it. There's not much bumper bar up there, and it's actually pretty low, and it goes right up underneath the car in front of you and uh, destroys that car, and you saw it. I mean, the air gets into that grill and goes and rips the hood up and takes them out of the race. How about Eric Amarola? Oh, boy. Lap three, you know, I he's know. out. You know, that's so frustrating. Get taken out lap three. You know, you're not doing anything wrong. Uh, William just lost his car underneath him, and your day is over. I mean, lap three of a 500-lap race, that is extremely frustrating. Well, that's what happens. But after the break, find out why a wrestling superstar and Chase Elliott make our shout-outs. Cameron Law, front tire changer on the Skittle Camry. Uh, great day to be back to Victory Lane for our third win of the season. Uh, started off a little rocky there. We've also got Kyle Busch spinning! Uh, luckily, it was just a little cosmetic damage on the rear end. Uh, we were able to come down, get a fender brace on it, and send it back out there. It didn't really affect a whole lot of the speed of the car. 
Uh, and they were just kind of grinding it out from there. They were going to make a track bar adjustment for tires. In the end, we had a solid day on pit road. Obviously, a great day on the track, and it's great to be here in Victory Lane again. That's Kyle Busch doing donuts. He's pretty good at it because he's had a lot of practice. Well, the way Kyle Busch is going, everyone in the pit crew was going to have a chance to give, <laughs> give the pit crew lineup at the end of the show. But it's the end of the show, which means it's time for shout-outs. So uh, yeah. we can do the stage first. I'll go first. My shout-out goes to Elliot Sadler. When he made the difficult decision to retire from full-time driving, he was hoping he'd have days like this as a coach mm -hmm. for his little league, uh, for his son's baseball team. So congratulations to those guys. And Elliot, for having fun, he's going to be back in the car at Richmond. Well, I was going to say, tough dad. I mean, look, like 11 kids, nine have to play. I mean, he what is he, cutting kids? I think his son. I think his son got a key hit. Like, they were down by two yeah. or something. His son got a hit to put him in position to get tied back up. So... Good coaching, good dad, and that's Absolutely. all. That's I'm going to give the credit to Hermie. <laughs> Elliot will like that. I'll give the credit to Hermie. I got both of them there. And, Hermie's and those, a better driver. They, they, I'm not going that far, <laughs> but maybe a better baseball player. All right, how about you? You, you like that, didn't you? You yeah. got a shout-out? I got to go Goldberg. I mean, oh, Goldberg, yeah, yeah. he decided that Chase Elliott was not going to walk across to be introduced. He was going to pick him up. So this is what 6'4", what are you thinking? What are you thinking Goldberg is? He's six got to be, four. I don't know, 250, 300? Yeah, he's a big he, guy. Chase is what? Five, he's kind of tall, six feet, 140, something like that. He's a he thin guy. Him up, put him on his shoulders. I give I Chase the A cool. plus though for the big smile, right? It has to be a little awkward when a guy throws you up there like a rag doll, but put on a good show for the fans. A little awkward, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I don't think they talked about that behind the curtain. <laughs> you don't think that was pre-planned? No, I don't think it was as well. I'm going to pick you up. So my shout-out, though, goes to a driver that has had a rough start to the season. The shout-out is because he still has a way to find some humor on his social media. So this was Kyle Larson. Watch this right here. Me every Sunday. The basketball hits him in the head. I mean, Texas, flat tire, a lot of trouble at Bristol. We talked about it earlier. Chip Ganassi Racing finding some success with Kurt Busch. We all know Kyle Larson can drive. They just need to get the pieces kind of put together for Maybe him. Maybe this is exactly what he needs. It's the motivation like Kurt. He's not had a teammate to go out there and outrun him here the last several, several years. And maybe this type of motivation yeah. is just what he needs to get him to the next level. You know, two guys we, we hadn't talked about, Chris Buescher and Matt DiBenedetto. They both had really good oh, days. Boy. So they deserve shout-outs, too. They ran really, really well. Really well. I felt so bad for Busher. He had that problem late. He was running. He was going to get a top, maybe a top five. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, and Demetrio. This is a couple times now he's shown yes. up at Bristol. He's turning. Oh, he Bristol was fired regular. up for that race. I had him in the lineup. He had a great day. Well, <laughs> he was doing good. Well, listen, we would keep talking, but our show has come to the end, and that's because there's racing up next. We got a little modifieds, and after that, some cannon. Two hours of racing. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.